This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 21. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. Presentation skills are one of the most profitable skills you can learn in modern business. Being able to engage your audience and get your message across is a vital communication skill. Whether it is to an audience of 1 or 1,000, the ability to prepare, present, and persuade is an essential life and business skill. Dynamic, inspiring, and commercially savvy are all words that are used by her clients to describe our guest, Paula Smith. Paula is a serial entrepreneur and a best-selling author. Her publications include Speaking in the Shower, Powerful Presentation Principles, and the very new Sell Your Story. She helps entrepreneurs and experts to grow their business and their brand through speaking. And these are some of the reasons why I requested her to share some insights about delivering powerful presentations in today's episode. But before we dive into what Paula has to share, I'd like to take a minute and thank today's sponsor, GetResponse. GetResponse is probably the world's most easiest email marketing and autoresponder service. They have a drag and drop editor along with other cool features to make life easy for even the non-tech savvy people. And the best part of their service is their 24-7 live chat support. It makes it a breeze to get answers to any questions you might have. If you don't have an autoresponder service or you're thinking of changing from your current one, then give GetResponse a shot. Go to keytoauthority.com slash getresponse to start with your 30-day free trial. Now, here is Paula Smith. Hey, Paula. Welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. I love what you do, and I've attended your course, The Exceptional Presenter. I've got all copies of all your three books, and in terms of the speaking world, you're like right up there, and there's a lot of things you have to share with us, and I just love in terms of how you present it as well. So I wanted to get you for our audience and pick your brains in terms of the powerful presentation principle. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, hey, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to it. Paula, so people might not know about how you got started and why you got started into speaking side of profession. So if you could be kind enough to share with us where this all began. Yeah, sure. Now, many people who work in the speaking or the presenting area have one of those I was a terrified speaker stories. And for me, it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, I can't actually remember a time when I wasn't speaking or performing. I grew up in an amateur theatre family. So being a nervous presenter or a nervous performer wasn't really an option in my family. I was thrust on stage two or three times a week, whether it was in productions or rehearsals. It's not to say that I don't get uh, a little bit nervous before a big keynote, uh, but they're always positive nerves or positive energy, which is a little bit different. So when I was at high school, the headmaster asked uh, who would like to MC all the school assemblies. Um, and so I applied immediately. I was thinking like, what 
15-year-old just wouldn't want that amazing opportunity. (laughs) Now, he confessed at the end of the year, I was the only student in the whole school that actually applied. So it was pretty funny, but I realized even back then that actually enjoying speaking and loving speaking, uh, it wasn't really the norm. So I started my first business uh, at 19 years of age. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was a personal development school, and I really wanted to share my love of performing uh, and public speaking and personal development for kids. So with no money and, and little business skills, I was off into the big wide world. And um, funny enough, um, I really enjoyed being in business even at that age. And the business grew very, very quickly. Uh, and in a few short years, we had two and a half thousand students in classes each week. Uh, and the age group was from three all the way through to about 73. And I franchised the model and we became the largest in Australia. So there was just this huge need um, for kids and adults wanting to learn uh, those skills like public speaking, personal development, uh, confidence building activities. Uh, so it was a really great start to business. Now, when I started that business, I had no money for budget. Uh, so not for budgeting, for marketing. So what I had to do is I had to go out and speak about it to everybody. And lo and behold, speaking ended up, ended up becoming uh, my most valuable marketing strategy in that business. And going forward, not in just that business, but in several other businesses that I've had, speaking has ended up being my most mark, uh, powerful marketing strategy over and over again to build a great business and, of course, a great brand. So I fell in love with not only speaking, uh, but also adult learning. And I went on and completed tertiary studies uh, in the same area. I started working with professional speakers, helping speakers and also trainers to grow a business and a great brand. And it just really evolved from there. And uh, 28 years on, uh, I'm now lucky enough to be working with lots of organisations, helping their key people with their effective presenting skills. Uh, And the other side of my business, which is my absolute passion, is working with experts and entrepreneurs and helping them to share their message with the world uh, by amplifying their brand and harnessing the power of speaking and still loving it. Well, that's really great, like in terms of from 19 years old to what you've developed now. And as I said, like I've gone to your presentation, I've loved every single minute of it and learned heaps and heaps of things. And I couldn't have imagined that I could learn that in just one day. So you've been doing great work and really that's really good for everyone learning from you as well. So I know you have a lot of experience in terms of presentation side of things and you've written a book, Powerful Presentation Principles. So, Paula, what is the key to delivering a powerful presentation? Well, there's definitely more than one key, Janet. Uh, now, as you said, I've written the three books. Uh, the first book was Speaking in the Shower. Uh, my third book was Sell Your Story, which is a compilation of 16 other entrepreneurs' stories about how they've used speaking to grow their business. Uh, but I thought today I'd share some principles from my second book, which is called Powerful Presentation Principles. And the book is made up out of 52 standalone presentation principles or keys to success in presenting. Uh, now, we've only got probably about 10 minutes left, so um, I won't challenge you and, and share all 52, but I thought I would think now for your listeners, what would be a, a really good start? So I thought I'd share three, if that's okay with you. Yep, that would be absolutely great, and it's 
perfect timing as well and it will fit up perfectly. So So principle number one is uh, in the book is start with the end in mind. So start with the end in mind means whenever you're asked to present, always consult with all the stakeholders involved and decide on the key message or messages uh, for that particular presentation or what behaviours need to change as a result of the presentation. Because only then can you have a clear purpose of the presentation and only then can you actually start planning. Once you're really clear about the purpose and what results you want from the end of your presentation, you can choose your methodology or how you'd like to get your message across. Uh, For example, uh, will it be a slideshow? Will it be an interactive clinic? Or will you use storytelling as your method to get your message across? So that's principle number one. Don't just sit there in front of your computer and pop your PowerPoint slides on and go, right, now I'm planning my presentation, always start with the end in mind and your chances of having a successful and effective presentation uh, will be much, much better. So that's principle number one. Now, the next principle is principle number seven from the book is don't talk to strangers. And I chose this one because as we were chatting, Jenna, she said that really resonated with you in the presentation skills training that you did with me. So what that means is try and find out as much as you possibly can about the audience before you speak to them, like their age, their sex, what problems they have, what type of speakers or training have they been exposed to before you have a chance to share your message with them. And then also remember, not everybody's brain learns the same way as yours does. And some of your audience uh, even have different learning preferences to you. So for instance, some of your audience love a hands-on approach to learning. Uh, Others like to have lots of facts and figures and theories and evidence-based presentations. Some of your audience might like to have some extra time to reflect and process new concepts and ideas. Um, And perhaps some of your audience are very pragmatic and like you as the presenter to be really organised. They might want an agenda at the beginning of your presentation uh, or a step-by-step type of approach. So the key is to structure your presentation catering for all these different types and brains. So uh, it's a way of engaging everybody in the room as well. And um, there's many different examples I can share with you, but it's really about having the tools and the strategies to be able to do that and to engage all types of learning preferences. And of course, number 16, principle number 16 is have a conversation. Have a conversation means we, yes, we always must prepare for a presentation, never ever wing it, but we don't want to prepare a speech. We want to have a conversation with the audience. So, yes, you can rehearse your openings and your closings because they're a really powerful part of your presentation and also perhaps your signature stories too. But make sure you have a real conversation with your audience. You do have to communicate your key messages, but just be really quite authentic and comfortable uh, in your style of presenting, which, of course, that resonates much better with the audience if you are seen to be having a conversation, a two-way conversation with the audience. And you might sometimes have to be open uh, to where the audience wants to go as well um, and be open to be flexible with your approach. So the more comfortable and confident 
which you are, uh, the more comfortable and trusting the audience will be as well. So there's three tips for your listeners. Those three tips are really, really great, man, especially thanks for adding the number seven one because when I uh, was part of that presentation throughout the day, I really loved in terms of how you divide us in the groups and how you identified and I knew that this is something that people miss out when they're delivering their presentations and I didn't know anyone else to ask but obviously you so I really appreciate you sharing number seven. So going back into number seven in terms of don't talk to strangers, so how does one go about identifying that particular audience or do you just assume that there'll be a section of these people? Uh, what's the key behind preparing that? So obviously, I guess I'm leading into number one a little bit and number seven. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, well, a little bit of both. Well, we have to plan. So we, of course, we need to know as much as our audience about our audience as we can. But once we're planning, we need to assume statistically that we do have a percentage of each of those types of learning preferences in our audience. Um, sometimes in a more interactive session, we can ask a few questions at the beginning of our presentation, which gives us a bit of an indication of what type of audience we have in front of us. Um, but one model that I was talking about uh, was a Honey and Mumford model, and that's about learning preferences. But there's several other models that you can uh, base your planning approach uh, around. One of the most common is a VAC model, uh, which says that some of your audiences um, – they prefer to see. Uh, so V is for vision. And, of course, uh, A is for auditory. Some of your audience like to hear what you have to say. And K is for kinesthetic. So they're the action base. They're the hands-on people. But please remember as well when you're planning that vision trumps all other senses. So even when you're, you're speaking uh, to your audience and you know that there's many of your audience members who prefer you to speak and they're quite auditory, always try to back up your presentation with some images and some vision. Now, vision could be uh, when you're speaking, you could put an image up on a slideshow, for instance, or you could write some key points on a flip chart. Or when you're telling a story, try to choreograph it so your body might even be some visual stimuli for the audience. So just remember, vision does trump all senses and have a real mix of your methodologies when you're presenting. Uh, it makes the presentation much more engaging as well, but it really helps your messages to stick and it enables your audience to learn much better as well. Uh, and that's really good. I hadn't, because I didn't, hadn't uh, put in that name on top of the VAC model. And it's a really great reminder of that assuming that you have different people and obviously that the vision trumps everything else and integrating that different components to serve different audiences. Also, when you just mentioned about number seven, you mentioned that having different tools in your tool chest or toolkit to make sure that you cater for all the different audiences. So, Paul, could you give us an example of what kind of different tools are you talking about or one of them? and maybe how you could run and incorporate that in your next presentation. Yes, sure. When I'm talking about tools, I guess it's learning, learning many different strategies that you have in your toolkit um, that you can uh, grab out at any moment or when you're planning your presentation uh, to ensure that you are catering for the different learning preferences. For example, uh, you might decide one of the tools that you're using or one of the methodologies might be a bus group. And a bus group, for instance, gets everybody um, up and speaking 
it allows the reflectors of the room a chance to process the information and talk about the information that you've just given. Um, the pragmatists in the room love a buzz group because it enables them maybe to take charge of the timing and it, it might be a step-by-step approach uh, in the buzz group. So that's just one little methodology or, or, or tool that you can use or strategy you can use to engage all different learning preferences. Um, and, of course, we could go into many more Um but it really is about uh, learning how to engage adults and learning all the tricks of the trade. Presenting is both art and science, and it's about learning both to be an engaging and powerful presenter. I assembly love in terms of you incorporating the art and science because I don't think many people consider that. They always consider it like this is uh, this is how the structure will go and this is what they think of in terms of the technicalities of the presentation. And then they forgot, they mainly forget the number 16 principle, that being that flexible side of things. Oh, that's right. I think as well, it's lots of people think that a charismatic presenter is a powerful presenter. Uh, but not always the case. It's somebody who does know the art and science of presenting, like the art of presenting, of course is how to engage the audience, uh, your choreography, of course. But the science of presenting goes into how much information the brain can take at any one time. Um, so the art of presenting is using different tools and strategies to ensure that your messages uh, are sticking in the audience's brains and, and real behaviour uh, is possible after you've presented your words to that audience. So it's a little bit of both. Um, Just being a charismatic presenter doesn't always mean that you're going to be a powerful and effective presenter. And I guess sometimes you've got to make sure that the person who's listening and the audience actually gets what you're talking about and being the hoo-ha presenter or whatever might leave the audience overwhelmed or powerful for the time being and then they don't go and put into action because I remember when you did yours, you said that you would realize and you don't take feed, you take feedback while consistently while the presentation is going. So that was a really great example. So bringing back to that number 16 again, uh, having a conversation. So you mentioned that authenticity side of things and incorporating that in your presentation. So could you go into a bit more details of, let's say, how someone can plan for being authentic or even do they even need to plan for it? So, I mean, we plan our presentation, but once we deliver our presentation, an audience wants us to be real. An audience sometimes will relate to us uh, if we show a little bit of vulnerability. So an audience does not want somebody who has just prepared a speech or is delivering a presentation and just reading from their slides. <laughs> And that's why conversation is really important. And to have a real conversation with an audience, uh, you have to be authentically you. And every presenter has their own style. So even when we're delivering our, our two-day presentation skills programs, it's one of the key points is, is don't compare yourself to any other presenter. You need to be the absolute best version of yourself you can be and take yourself to the platform. And uh, that means your warts and all. And an audience can be very forgiving if you uh, maybe mix up your words a bit or forget something, but they can't forgive you if you're not real, if you're a fake up there or an imposter. So just be comfortable with who you are and your own presentation style and take your message and your gift to the audience authentically you. And that's really great tip in terms of making sure, especially for the people who are learning, because they kind of try to... Imp- 
uh, impersonate other people how they do and they don't doesn't go well. So I really appreciate that. So Paula, uh, before we wrap this up, what would be a key activity or something that the listener can do right after listening to this in terms of going about doing, delivering a powerful presentation? I would say to say yes more often. As long as you have the expertise and the gift for your audience, don't let nerves stand in the way of you saying yes next time you're asked to present. Say yes, then learn some of the skills and the tools and the strategies you need to be a powerful presenter. And you'll find that the more you speak, the more you get in front of an audience, you'll realize it's not as scary as one thinks. So start saying yes. And I think that that's where people forget and because of their fears, especially they say public speaking is probably number one fear. And when talking to business owners, they're like, no, nope, I wouldn't be able to do it when they've been doing all this. So I guess that mindset of saying yes is very key to all this. So Paula, really love what you had to share. And there's a lot more what you can share, but we're running out of time. So I know you run a few workshops and things. So, so what are some of the details of those workshops? And also, how can uh, our audience get in touch with you, be it your website or through social media? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm on Facebook. My uh, my business page is Paula Smith Speaker. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> and uh, my website is just paulasmith.com.au and all my programs uh, uh, and, and the events are on my website. Uh, the next one coming up is on the 2nd and 3rd of July and that is the two-day Exceptional Presenter Workshop. It's been my signature program for many, many years. And I also offer a 50% discount for small business owners as well because I know sometimes the small business budget is a, a little bit tough and they may not want to spend uh, their budget on presenting skills. They may not realize how powerful it is uh, to grow their business and their brand. Um, so it's not a business course. This one, we have corporates in the room as well. So, but it is a two-day presentation skills program to take your presenting to the next level. And the uh, other program I've got coming up on the 18th of July isn't necessarily about speaking, but it is about presenting your message through authorship. So, if any of your listeners are out there who would love to publish their own book, it's a step-by-step journey had to plan, design and publish your book for uh, much less than you think it costs and in a really easy way. And you may even learn the strategies on how to become a bestseller in the launch period as well. Now, the only other program I have after that is Make Money While You Speak, but I think you've missed out on, on that one. I delivered the last one a couple of weeks ago and the next one will be in Canada. So uh, unless your listeners want to jump on a plane and join me on Canada, uh, you might have to wait till 2016 for the next one. Uh, good luck with your trip and maybe some of our listeners might be from Canada or they might will be traveling and they might check you out from there. So thanks a lot, Paula. I really appreciate you sharing some of these insights in terms of powerful presentation. And thanks a lot again. You're welcome. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Don't you agree that Paula is really generous with the content? Those three principles she said can make any presentation powerful if implemented correctly. So make sure you use them for your next presentation. Today's action for you is to say yes. Say yes more often to the next opportunity to present and don't let nerves stand in your way. The more you speak, the more you get in front of an audience, you'll realize that it is not that scary.
to get the details of Paula's upcoming events and other links talked about in today's show, go to keytoauthority.com slash EP020 for the show notes. And if you have any questions, make sure to leave a comment. Till next time, keep delivering powerful presentations. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.